It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rupine. As always, a reminder to find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL at James Rupine. We do like to interact with the good listeners of the show and make sure you follow the podcast as well, especially for our mailbag episodes. Find that Twitter handle at Locked On Bengals and look for those mailbags going out on Thursdays in the offseason. James, it's Mock Draft Monday on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, and we've got the Senior Bowl in the rearview mirror. Of course, there were fewer people in attendance this year, so I feel like because of that largely and that alone, the Senior Bowl didn't get as much of a spotlight this year as it did last year, but it is most likely the last big pre-draft event that we are going to get for the NFL this year. There will be pro days, of course, but for teams... Could be the last chance to see these guys in person. And a lot of guys from small schools made names for themselves. It was a pretty fun week altogether. And it's interesting. I was thinking which one was more valuable, the Bengals coaching last year and getting a firsthand look at these guys at the Senior Bowl or this year, knowing there isn't going to be an NFL combine, knowing the lack of in-person events, as you mentioned, is it more valuable this year to be at the Senior Bowl, right? Because maybe you're not getting as close of a look because you're not coaching, but uh, obviously, this is uh, much more critical to evaluate these guys in person. So I think it was a, a huge week. I think the Bengals, when you, you look at their eight draft picks, wouldn't be shocked if half or more of those guys played this week in Mobile. And it uh, it's a, a really, really good way to evaluate some of these guys. And, and here's the other thing is if you're the Bengals and you're looking to to try to uh, build this culture. What did they look at last year? Experience, captains, all that stuff. Well, a lot of those guys were at the Senior Bowl this week, so I'm sure they enjoyed the the process in Mobile. I think that is a really good question. And Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com did talk to a lot of the Bengals staff that were down in Mobile, Alabama, getting a feel for things. Jay Morrison, I believe, had a chance to talk to Zach Taylor as well. And it sounds like it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? You have less access to the players. It was described as each, each player met with 16 teams one night and 16 teams the next night. I mean, imagine that grueling schedule. Zach Taylor was talking about a kid they were talking to. And he said, you could tell at one point when we were talking, we mentioned, we mentioned Jesse Bates and you could see the light bulb go on for the player and be and as, as he realized, Oh, I'm talking to the Bengals. (laughs) And when you're going through that many teams at 
after your practice, after you're trying to learn this new install for the week so you can actually play in a game that they played on Saturday. That just sounds like a really difficult time. But Zach Taylor also said, you know, we're not game planning this year. We're not putting practices together this year. So we're not spending extra time on these administrative things. It does give us more time to then spend on the players directly. So in that sense, 100% of the time the Bengals spent in Mobile this week was spent on player evaluation, whereas the last time they went down there, yeah, they got to see the players in more meetings than maybe all the other teams did. They got to know them a little bit better from that perspective, but a lot of their time was spent on the day-to-day of getting ready for a game. Without that, I I don't want to call it a distraction, but without that burden this week, those focused efforts could yield fruit. Now, I will say this, James, I think that this year's Senior Bowl is a little bit less stacked than last year's, especially when it comes to the players that actually played in the game on Saturday. All of the stars that felt like, I say stars in quotes for some of these guys, didn't end up playing. Mac Mac Jones from Alabama didn't play. Carlos Basham didn't play. Kadarius Toney didn't play. Alex Leatherwood didn't play. Trey Sermon didn't play. Trey Smith didn't play. Tylen Wallace didn't play. Najee Harris didn't play. So a long list of guys that are some of the day one, day two prospects at the Senior Bowl didn't even play in the game. Luckily, and if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know this, the game itself doesn't really matter all that much to NFL teams. They will go home and watch the tape, but a lot of teams would leave and did leave after practices, after their interviews, and they're going to watch the tape later. They, they did get to see all these guys in practice, though, and that's what's really valuable for teams is seeing guys like we, we talked about minors, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater a lot this week. These small school guys getting opportunities to play against better competition in practice. That's what NFL teams are really taking away from the senior bowl. And when I looked at the the strength of this, you know, senior bowl week, right? It, it did seem like there were a lot of linemen, both offensively and defensively. And a lot is, is relative, but there were certainly guys in the trenches that stood out guys that, uh, evaluators that scouts that analysts were excited about uh with their performance whether it's creed humphrey you mentioned minors i don't think anyone really caught the the heart of social media and twitter as much as as quinn minors did with his his big ass belly (laughs) just hanging out there during an interview on nfl network but that's awesome that's on brand and that's what you want to see in an offensive lineman right especially a guy that a lot of people didn't know much about coming into this week but you look at this wide receiver group, you look at the the offensive line group, the defensive line group, and I think you and I both think that those are some of the, the biggest areas of need for the Bengals. And it looks like there's a good group overall, if you're just speaking in, in general, a good group overall of, of talent that they got to evaluate this week and can kind of separate themselves from the rest in hopes of addressing all of those areas in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you talk about wide receiver Kadarius Tony and Tylen Wallace, both of whom didn't play, had great weeks of practice. So did some of the smaller school guys. Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. He's 24 and he's under six feet tall, but was very good at Western Michigan, was very good at the Senior Bowl. The, the thing for him, what makes his profile really weird is that he's 24 and he's short. So where really is the fit? For Eskridge in the NFL, that's going to be a really interesting player to watch after he had a really good week of the Senior Bowl. And Shai Smith from South Carolina had a pretty good week for himself as well. 
the wide receivers in this year's group, not quite as good as last year, but certainly some players to look at. On the offensive line, you mentioned uh, Trey Smith, I think, Quinn Miners, both some guys that made themselves some money. Creed Humphrey, the Oklahoma guard or center, the interior offensive lineman, was fantastic. I think played him played his way into early day two consideration if he wasn't already there. Okay. And staying on the offensive line, another small school guy, Dante Smith from East Carolina, had a pretty good week, according to most people. That, that were down at the Senior Bowl. I watched a few of his reps. He looked really solid. He was playing mostly right tackle in practices. So a couple of guys on the offensive line that you could look at as potentially mid-round prospects that are that had an opportunity, I guess, to show what they had at the Senior Bowl. And the other thing that I, I was talking about earlier, you get to see small school, big school. You also get to see how these guys respond to coaching. You get to see who's going to the sideline after reps and saying, okay, what can I do better? You get to see who's responding to coaching with with a small a smaller audience. I'm assuming the people that were in attendance got to hear a lot of those interactions better than maybe they could in years past. Right. It's it's seeing how these guys react, how they react just day in, day out, because football is a grind and and for studying film and all of those things. And and that's the hard part about the draft. You can study film and, and you can measure these guys, but you just you don't know how they're going to react in the moment, how they're going to react um, to, to controversy or struggles. So this is a way to to do that. And looking at the the defensive line, obviously, Carlos Basham, you mentioned him. He d- didn't play in the game, but man, oh, man. I mean, he received praise from Daniel Jeremiah. I think a lot of evaluators were impressed with the week that he had. And uh, even though there wasn't like a top high end defensive end at this year's senior bowl, I think Basham certainly flashed. Um, Dane Brugler of The Athletic noted uh, William Bradley King out of Baylor, the interior defensive lineman. Look, those are two needs for the Bengals, right? And so if, if you're at the Senior Bowl, these are guys that could have potentially risen up the Bengals draft board. And, and one thing we know about the Bengals and really all 32 NFL teams, they like versatility. Basham did play inside outside, which I think is a, a, a worth uh, worth noting as they continue to evaluate these defensive linemen. Especially for the Bengals, who need help rushing the passer on the inside. It's something that they've liked to move defensive linemen in for. They like to move their edge rushers into three-tech on pass rushing downs. And speaking of interior defensive linemen, Cam Sample from Tulane had a fantastic week at the Senior Bowl. Another smaller school guy making some waves this week in Mobile. Well, you got to get as many samples as you can, Jake. Got to grow that sample size to make it meaningful. Am I right? Right, guys? Guys? (laughs) All right. Coming up next on the Locked on Bengals podcast, we jump into the mock draft simulator as we do for mock draft Mondays. And we might go three rounds today. Let's see how it goes coming up next. We know our listeners are one of a kind. We see it in your mailbag questions every week. Your uniqueness comes through. And TurboTax knows your taxes are unique too. And that's why they've got tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique situation, and help you get the best tax outcome possible. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and you have questions about what qualifies as a deduction, or you've got a podcast just like James and myself, and you want to know what you can write off. Maybe you'd like to hand the entire filing process over to an expert and just not deal with any of it. Spend your time on things you care about instead, instead of spending your time working on your taxes. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the entire thing for you, TurboTax Live Tax Experts are there to help. 
giving you the confidence you need to know that your one-of-a-kind taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mock Draft Monday commences, James. We get into the Mock Draft simulators this week. A new simulator just to diversify the portfolio of Mock Drafts on our Mock Draft Monday. We've got Pro Football Network's Mock Draft Simulator today, so going away from the Draft Network, not using PFF this week. Pro Football Network is the option, and the way the first four picks went, James, we were ready to look at tradeback offers, but... We just didn't get anything that was was appetizing. So Trevor Lawrence goes first to Jacksonville. Justin Fields goes second to New York. Penny Sewell goes third to Miami. And Zach Wilson goes fourth to Atlanta. Now, if this is a scenario in real life, I think that puts the Bengals in a great position because there's only one quarterback left that has a consensus evaluation that is, that's probably a top five, top eight quarterback. There's only one of those guys left in North Dakota State's trade lands. So for the Bengals, if you're picking at five and you're deciding, okay, do I want to go Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, a cornerback, maybe Jalen Waddle, maybe another tackle of Rashawn Slater, maybe, or do I want to try to trade back? For me, this is a position where you say some quarterback needy team, Detroit, maybe they want to go get Trey Lance and sit him behind their newly acquired Jared Goff with two future first-round picks from the Rams coming in. Or maybe Carolina, or maybe San Francisco wants to come up and get a quarterback of the future. Well, in this particular scenario, those trade offers just weren't good enough. We had an offer from the Washington football team, but it just wasn't enough for us to move that far back. So what do you do there, James? You, you definitely are looking for those five to seven round trade back offers or or pick trade back offers. But the problem with trading back and as appealing as it seems on paper to everybody out there listening, the problem with trading back is you need the team that wants to come up to be in a spot you're, you're comfortable going back to and you need the return to be there. And and if that's not there, then you, you end up just staying put and you take the player that, that meets the value as best you can, right? Because it takes all those things coming together for it to really be worth it. And that's the thing is there are a lot of of people that are going to be like, oh, in this scenario, trade back, trade back, trade back. Well, not if the value isn't right. And even if it is, there are some studs still available. And if you have one that's just clear cut, bona fide star, bring them in. Well, then I always lean towards taking the elite talent versus dropping down six, seven, eight spots and settling. That being said, well, Chase is still on the board. Smith is still on the board. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is still on the board. Slater's still on the board. I mean, there's a lot of talent. Waddle. I mean, that's five guys right there. So absolutely, I think we should have been open to moving down. But if you move down to 19, 
to me, I need a future one <laughs> and Washington didn't offer that. And, and it wasn't like they were offering uh, both day two picks and their day three pick and a future one or, you know, something like that. That's 14 spots. So you're not getting Chase. You're not getting Smith. You're not going to get Waddle or or Slater or Pitts or any of these guys. You're talking cross your fingers, hope if, if, if it's a, a wide receiver that it's Kadarius Tony that he falls there. And who knows if he's there at 19. Right. Or, or it's an offensive lineman, maybe Christian Darisol or someone like that, which you might like that player. But it's not just taking that player. It's everything you're getting in return. So I think we made the right decision to stay put. Uh, the Bengals have eight draft picks as it is this year. We're doing three rounds today. So I don't know about you. I know who I want with Chase Smith and uh, all these other guys on the board. But uh, I, I'll, I'll default to you here. What do you want to go with? Well, for me, it's still easy in this position to just pick Jamar Chase and move on. I, I think that Chase, I still think that Chase is the best wide receiver prospect in the draft. And the Joe Burrow connection is, is an actual real thing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no chemistry building required here. This, this is a historically prolific duo from the last time they played together at LSU when Jamar Chase was 19 years old. He's, he's still short of 20 or sorry, short of 21. So you're getting a young guy with room to grow who was dominant with the quarterback that you have in a system that's going to be pretty similar to what you're playing. I'm not sure that the fit could get much better for for the Bengals and Jamar Chase if they want a wide receiver here. And Burrow's been asked about it twice now, about a potential reunion with Chase, once by Paul Daner Jr., and he we, we talked about it here on the pod. And then the other day, he did a live chat with Fanatics and said the same thing. Jamar's a great player. I'd love to have him on the team. And that matters. It just You want to excite Joe Burrow uh, and, and get him ready for the year? Hey, we're going to give you this deep threat. We already got you, T. Higgins. You got Boyd. Joe Mixon's going to be healthy. Hopefully, by the time the draft rolls around, they've added in the trenches. And by the way, the the cherry on top of the Sunday is Jamar Chase with the fifth pick. I think uh, I think that's a a win 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 for everybody. I think this is one thing you and I can agree on, James. If Penny Sewell is not available, you just pick Jamar Chase and you move on to the second round, unless you get blown away with a trade offer. And let's just take a look at how the rest of the first round went in this particular edition of the mock draft simulator. Rashawn Slater goes all the way at twelve to Carolina. Kyle Pitts goes 13th and looking down to around where we would have traded back to had we taken the offer from Washington. Travis Etienne goes 19th to Washington. Uh, but we, if we were in that position, probably take an offensive lineman. Sam Cosme, Devin Jenkins, Jalen Mayfield, Christian Darisaw all go in the first round. So that does make our job a little bit harder here in the second round. All of those offensive tackles that you really like off the board in the first round. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, even if you see him as a tackle, not sure if NFL teams see him as a tackle or a guard, also gets picked. So there's a huge run on tackle at the back of the first round, just ahead of us coming up to pick at the top of the second round. That's too bad for us. Also looking at corner, obviously the top two guys are gone early. Caleb Farley goes eight. Patrick Sertain goes ten. Uh, the other corner that I think is a consensus first-round prospect right now, J.C. Horn, goes 18. And then senior bowl standout, Ife Melifanwu, goes 26th. So some senior bowl guys showing up in the first round here too. But then we get to the second round. And going off the board before we pick 
Rashad Bateman, Asante Samuel Jr., Levi Onwazarike, Hasman Nazrulladeen, and Nick Bolton. Man, the names in this draft class are going to be challenging, James. But now we're on the clock at 38, and we're looking at, well, maybe we have to go offensive guard at this point with the with the run on tackles at the end of the first round. Maybe we have to go defense, looking at some of the some of the edge rushers, some of the corners available here. You're you're definitely not double dipping at wide receiver. So let's talk through these options coming up next. I don't know about you guys, but I'm working to try to get the 2021 quarantine weight off. So this summer when I hopefully can go on vacation and you hopefully can go on vacation, we're looking good in the sun. Well, Built Bar is a way to do that. The number one protein bar on the planet, 18 amazing flavors from the caramel brownie to the carrot cake, apple almond crisp, are some of the classics that they've had for a long time. Coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter. Every single one of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And the best thing about them isn't their amazing taste. It's the macros. They are going to help you get in shape. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low sugar, low fat. Built Bars, perfect for you Check them out right now, BuiltBar.com. I eat one every single day. When you're there, make sure you check out all of their selection. Be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. There's only one place on the internet that we trust. There's only one place on the internet that has you covered for all of your sports betting needs, and that is BetOnline.ag. Matt Stafford has been dealt. He went out west to the Los Angeles Rams. They were rumored to be interested on Friday. And if you were a sharp better, you might have noticed that. You might have gone over to betonline.ag. You might have seen that the Rams were plus 1,100 to land Matt Stafford in a trade. You might have thrown 20 bucks down. Said, you know what? Maybe this could happen. The Rams, they don't like their first round picks anyway. They trade them for Jalen Ramsey. They traded up. You'll all remember to get Jared Goff in the first place. What's another trade of some first-round picks to get a quarterback in Matt Stafford that they feel could be an improvement? You could have made that bet. You could have made some money. Don't miss out on a chance to do it again. Head on over to betonline.ag. Check out all their props, all their futures, their Super Bowl odds. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Mock Draft Monday rolls on, and Jake, we're on the clock with a 38th pick. Nick Bolton just went off the board, so Bengals linebacker Twitter up in arms because the Bengals couldn't snag another linebacker. But I think you're right here. I, I think this is pretty simple to me. This is trenches. This is either defensive lineman, offensive lineman. I know you mentioned corner. We don't know what's going to happen with William Jackson the third, but to me, I think this is a trenches pick. Carlos Basham Jr. is there. You got uh, multiple different uh, other Ronnie Perkins, another edge is there. Wyatt Davis obviously there. Creed Humphrey who had a good Senior Bowl week there. So I, I think this is is gotta be a trenches pick, at least to me. And I don't like saying gotta, but there are a decent amount of prospects there. There are some high end guards. There's some high end defensive linemen. What stands out to you? Well, I think that it's it's interesting because at this point in the draft, you have to start thinking about, well, really at any point in the draft, but it's a little bit easier at number five, I think. You just take the last blue chipper 
right? And Jamar Chase. And then in the second round, you kind of have to think a little bit harder about, all right, we, we don't pick again for 32 picks. Who, who or, or what group of players do we think will make it another 32 picks? And if you scroll down on the Pro Football Network board, Liam Eichenberg, Dylan Raddins, and uh, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa are all kind of in the range at offensive line in, in about 32 picks from, from where we're at right now. For edge rusher, it's, it's Rashad Weaver and kind of nothing. Trey Smith also down there on the offensive line. Uh, Jordan Smith from UAB, who had a pretty strong senior bowl as well uh, down there on the defensive line. And then you come back up and you look at what your options are where you're picking right now. And you see, okay, I've got a lot of edge guys here. That, that seems to be the strength of the board where I'm picking right now. You've got Jason Owa from Penn State, Jalen Phillips from Miami, and Carlos Basham from Wake Forest. There's also the, the last best, I would say the last high-end defensive tackle prospect here, Aleem McNeil from North Carolina State. If you're looking for your next Geno Atkins kind of player, that would be the guy I think you would take a swing at if Christian Barmore isn't there. I think Aleem McNeil, a little bit undersized in the way that Geno Atkins was. Played a lot of nose tech, nose, nose tackle, sorry, at North Carolina State, but has an elite first step. Really good power, a little bit shorter. That sounds a lot like Geno Atkins in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that Aleem McNeil, who's definitely not a first-round pick, I would say, probably on the fringe, maybe even a, a mid-second-round pick, is going to be Geno. But if you're looking for that interior defensive line help, that is somebody that I would give a lot of consideration to with this pick. That being said, there are two players on this board that stand out more than anybody else to me. And that's Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State, high pedigree, high ceiling, had a bit of a rough year at Ohio State overall, but is known to have a lot of skill. And if he realizes that with the technician coaching him and Frank Pollock in the NFL, you could have a, a foundational guard for the Bengals for like five years, four years, because we know they don't extend guards, but you, you at least get it for Joe Burrow's rookie deal. Or you look edge, and that's Jason Owa from Penn State, who I think is far and away the best edge available here. And beyond that, I, I guess I would look then, the third guy would probably be Carlos Basham because of the versatility he showed, the inside-out play that he showed at the Senior Bowl. And, and the other thing, and I'm going to mention it every second round, uh, a potential trade down is always in play for the Bengals in the second round they they do it historically so I could see that here Eileen Davis I do um obviously we don't know we we say that we don't really know what they're going to do in in free agency if they have signed uh, a high-end guard th then maybe that changes things but right now the looking at at that I would say adding Wyatt Davis to this group would be ideal yeah, I think let's go by Davis here. We'll see how it goes. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll have made a mistake and maybe we could have just taken Trey Smith in the third round the way this mock is going. I think, especially after Trey Smith's performance in Mobile, he has played his way into being a clear second round pick. There are certainly health concerns with Smith. He had the blood clotting issue that caused him to miss a year, but he was fantastic at the senior bowl. And let's just take a quick look at, at what happened leading to the Bengals pick in the third round. Pick 69, the nicest pick in the draft. Just before the Bengals come up onto the clock in the third round, Dylan Raddins, who was a standout, another senior bowl standout, at both tackle and guard, a little bit short in the arm length department, probably a guard in the NFL. He goes 66th to the Jets. And Trey Smith, who we were just talking about, goes 67th to the Texans. Before that, Eichenberg comes off the board. 
as well as some of those other tackle prospects I was talking about, some of those edge prospects I was talking about. So all that being said, I feel pretty good about the decision to take Wyatt Davis in the second round. And looking at who's available here in the third round, it, again, it kind of feels like an attractive trade-back scenario, James. You've, you've got some options. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, who we've talked about a little bit. Jordan Smith, the edge rusher from UAB. If you wanted to go tackle Walker Little, very intriguing prospect here. If you wanted to double dip at offensive weapons, you got Tylen Wallace and Demetric Felton here. Felton, who at the Senior Bowl, a UCLA running back, who's kind of making a transition to wide receiver. Those are the names that really stand out to me here in the third round. But we have a trade back offer, James. And the Arizona Cardinals have offered us to move back 10 picks in the third round from 69 to 79. You pick up a future third round pick, but you do have to give up your fifth round pick this year. For me, this is move back 10 spots for a third round pick. I feel like that's worth it. You're getting two thirds for a third and a fifth out of this deal. Yep. I, I say do it because there are plenty of uh, plenty of options. And I have my mind on and my eye on an offensive lineman here that is still on the board. We'll see if he's there at 79. So we we trade back to 79. Spencer Brown is a player that Arizona Arizona traded up for. They pick him at 69, the Northern Iowa offensive lineman. You see a couple of running backs come off the board. Quinn Miners who had a great week, of course, at the Senior Bowl, goes 74 to Washington. Was that the guy you had your eye on? That was it. I wanted belly. I wanted a second interior lineman with his belly hanging out at Paul Brown Stadium next year. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I still like the trade down, though, uh, because you don't trade down if you have your eye on just one guy, and we have some options here. Yeah, for me, the, what, what's really standing out, actually, at this pick is Jordan Smith, the edge rusher from UAB. He had a really nice week at the Senior Bowl. You do need some help in the trenches, and it it just kind of fits. You could talk about, you know, that that linebacker Twitter you keep telling me about that hasn't come and found me yet. Chaz Surratt, the North Carolina linebacker, available as well. I just can't imagine, after all the the resources they put into linebacker, that they pick another one. You could also look at corner. Greg Newsom from Northwestern, a pretty well-renowned prospect, is available. That would probably be a pretty fair pick at this point. And if they wanted to double dip at wide receiver, Tylen Wallace in the third round is honestly fantastic value. Could also look at Walker Little, like we talked about before, for a more intriguing, higher ceiling, developmental perhaps, because he's missed some time, offensive tackle prospect. Those are the two that I have my eye on. And everyone knows I love wide receivers, but I think Jordan Smith, Walker Little, those two guys, and, and that's why you trade down, right? Because I, it was those two guys. I liked Miners, and and so those are the three that stand out. Quincy Roche is another one. The edge rusher for Miami had a big Senior Bowl week. Um, I could see him uh, potentially being in play here as well. Um, and, and then, hey, I'm going to mention him because he's a Bearcat. James Hudson available, Ben Cleveland available, uh, two guys that probably end up being guards in Hudson's case, I think long-term he's probably a guard, even though he played mostly tackle at the Senior Bowl. But you do have some options here. And like I said, we've added a, a future third-round pick in 2022 to give up a fifth. You still have seven picks in this draft overall and uh, some good options here. Yeah, this this gets really challenging, but we do have to make a selection. And let's go Quincy Roche, James. Stand out at the Senior Bowl. Has a bit of a track record in the NF or in, in college football for high levels of production over several years. And 
I think that he could improve their pass rush in the fe- in the near future in 2021 and 2022, whatever it is. Sometimes there's a bit of an acclimation period for these guys, but I think he did improve his stock at the Senior Bowl. I think prior to the Senior Bowl, this could have been seen as a bit of a reach. He might have been seen as a third, fourth round kind of player, but played well in Mobile this week, had a good week of practices, probably has gotten himself into some solid standing for day two consideration. I think we did good, and I think this is pretty realistic because I'd say that the Bengals are going to trade down on day two. If Jamar Chase is there and Penny Sewell isn't, you would assume that they would probably take him with the fifth pick. Uh, adding a a ta- or a guard, excuse me, like Davis makes a ton of sense in the second round. And then they want to get after the passer. They want to address that edge position. Doing that after trading down and adding a third rounder in 2022, I think it makes a lot of sense. The real prize of the draft, I think, is that that future third round pick, while you still come away with players, you feel like make your team better immediately or at least provide you some depth in Quincy Roche's case. By the way, Joe Marino from the Draft Network gives a player comparison for Quincy Roche to Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett has been outstanding the last couple of years down in Tampa. So if you can get that sort of pass rushing depth or or maybe he's a he's a sub package player comes in for third downs only as a rookie hey you're you're feeling pretty good about adding some juice to your pass rush with that kind of player on top of that James like you said solidifying the trenches finding another weapon for Joe Burrow getting a future third think that we're pretty happy with the outcome from this edition of mock draft Monday we use just again for the record the pro football network mock draft simulator you can go check that out at profootballnetwork.com slash mock draft. Let us know what you think of the draft hall by tweeting us at Locked On Bengals. And until tomorrow, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.